BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you. It's a wonderful spring day here in New York City, a little drizzly, a little rainy, but you know what they say, April showers bring May flowers, so I already see May flowers blooming already because the weather is so crazy here, so we'll see uh, what May will be like. It should be even more interesting. So let's get started, of course, with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what Abraham and the universe have in store for us today. First, from the universe. It's rather challenging for those here who've never experienced time and space to actually grasp how formidable you sometimes think your illusions are, because, quite frankly, they see the world around you as just more you. Cool, huh? the universe. <laughs> we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe, uh, reminding us that uh, from the non-physical perspective, this idea that time and space is so hard and real and and that uh, illusions seem so true that this world around us that, you know, when you're up there out in the universe and non-physical you know you forget that it's like oh they're just like uh, running around playing having fun and it doesn't always feel like that does it but it's a helpful perspective to keep you know as a number of teachers i know like to say uh, we're all just actors on the stage and we're all just playing different roles and, you know, at the end of the day, the curtain drops and the show is over and we go back to being what we really are. Um, that doesn't mean that in the moment we're not taking the role very seriously. It doesn't mean in the moment it doesn't all seem tremendously, tremendously real. Um, but in the end, to remember that what is really real, the energy behind things, the spirit whatever words you want to use, that that goes beyond the physical, that goes beyond um, the trials and tribulations that we face every day. So a good reminder, something to kind of help to keep a perspective on life and to remember, you know, not to take things too, too seriously. So, wonderful quote from the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. And actually, today's quote from Abraham is an excerpt from uh, Esther's book, uh, The Vortex. So, let's see what this quote is all about. Our diversity supports our individual freedoms. While your societies continue to try to dictate and enforce human behavior to please the majority... Because of your diversity, it continues to be an uncomfortable struggle that, again and again, falls of its economic weight. There simply is not enough money in the world to buck the natural currents of individual freedom and independence of thought. 
Abraham. Mm, a very interesting quote from Abraham. And this is one I think sometimes people find it a little controversial or, or feel that it's, it's uh, a little difficult to wrap their minds around. And it's all really about diversity. And how we all can have our own diverse experiences. And just because one person believes something completely different from you um, does not mean you now have to convince them and create laws to get them to believe the same way. Uh, That there's enough out there, there's enough space that people will attract those people who think like they do and you will attract people who think like you do and these other people will attract people that think like them and that we don't have to create laws and indeed if we do create laws to try and get everybody to believe the same way to act the same way to be the same way that those laws over time are going to crumble because our natural desire is towards freedom and independence And so ultimately what that is going to do over time and time and time is it's always going to lead us to a place of more freedom and of more freedom of expression, of more freedom of thought, of more freedom of belief. So regardless of where we are, and if you look sort of over the broad spectrum of history of the world, you know, dictators always fall. And, and corrupt societies always fall. And, and any place that you've seen where there have been efforts and energy put towards getting everybody to think the same way, it always dissipates over time. And that we naturally move towards f- a freer society. We naturally move, move towards a more accepting society. And yes, there are dips. There are ups and downs. I mean, life is organic. It's not a straight line. It's not linear. It's always going to uh, be... Um, uh, different one day from the next. It's not just going to be, oh, today we have freedom. Oh, tomorrow we don't have as much freedom. The next day, oh, we got more freedom. Oh, we have a little less freedom. Oh, now we have more freedom. Oh, now we have less freedom. You know, but the overall, you got to look at it in the big, broad brushstrokes. We will always go towards more freedom because it's a natural human desire. It's a natural part of our energy by just being born where we innately desire more freedom. So anything that does not support diversity, anything that does not support freedom cannot last. Now, cannot last is a very broad statement. Can it last a few years? Sure. Can it last a decade? Probably. Can it last a century? Maybe not. But when you're in, in it and you're in the middle of it and you feel the contraction and you feel, uh, you know, people trying to um, clamp down on diversity and clamp down on our freedoms, in the moment it doesn't feel comfortable. In the moment it doesn't feel good. And that contrast is the very thing that brings out of us that desire for more freedom, that desire for more diversity, that desire for more acceptance which will eventually lead to the downfall of those energies that are clamping down. So just because on any given day it may not feel that good, over time it will change. And the natural energy, and and especially the feeling of being in the vortex, it's like you enjoy this diversity within yourself. Why would you want to stifle that diversity in somebody else? And the more we learn to accept diversity, the more we learn to accept freedom of thought, that everybody in the world does not have to think like we do. And everyone in the world does not have to act like we do. And everyone in the world does not have to be the way we're being. The more we accept that, the more we make it part of our lives, the more enjoyable all of a sudden life becomes. I've said for decades long before the the idea of the law of attraction ever came into my life variety is the spice of life you know i love diversity because that's what makes life interesting i mean really think about it if everybody in the entire world was exactly the same think how boring things would be (laughs) and you know what people hate being bored and you can see it over and over and over again 
every time there's this energy towards pushing things to be the same, there's always a pushback. There's always a pushback. So, two rather interesting quotes talking about, you know, energy and and the illusion of space-time and freedom. And I think they're two very interrelated quotes because the more we get it that we're all actors on the stage, the more we realize we don't have to get so upset if people don't think and act the same way, right? It takes several different characters on stage to make an interesting play. And if all the characters were the same and they had the same motivations and the same beliefs and the, and the same everything, it would be a really boring play and no one would want to watch it. So that diversity, that difference, like that's what makes things interesting. That's what makes things, that's what makes uh, people want to be engaged and want to be involved. So. Two wonderful quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. I hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, Next week I'll have your new quotes of the day. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show my guest for today. And I'm going to flip our Facebook live stream around so you guys can see her as well. I'd love to welcome Jackie Kelso, president of Pointmaker Communications a retrain your brain expert. Jackie applies neuroscience to her coaching and training practice and helps her clients challenge their old beliefs, just like our quote, outdated habits and antiquated ways of thinking and communicating. Jackie has had a successful 23-year career, so you know she's no slouch, in media sales and sales management, working for such high-profile companies as The New Yorker, New York Magazine, A&E Networks, Viacom, iVillage, and Hearst Magazines. Uh, she's a, she's been a certified trainer and is a certified trainer for the Dale Carnegie training, uh, which has made her realize that helping people become who they are meant to be is her calling. Jackie uh, has been a freelance trainer with Dale Carnegie for 13 years. And during this period, she became a certified brain-based coach with the Neuro Leadership Institute. And I am very, very pleased that uh, Jackie is in studio with us today. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Jackie. Thank you so much, Sam. I'm very happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. So um, I'm, I'm just really curious, because uh, I always love to give context and background to our listeners. Um, what kind of motivated you to sort of go for from being a media sales and sales management person to like being a trainer for Dale (laughs) Carnegie. I mean, Dale Carnegie wrote the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and pretty much started the whole personal development revolution in modern times. Yes. Uh, Like like what got you to go from, from, from sort of sales and sales management into training and working with people? So I was a fairly young executive, sales executive at MTV Networks. This was ah, back in 1989. Right. And uh, I was a yeller. I was very ah. aggressive and I would scream. I would scream at clients. I would scream at assistants. <laughs> I would scream at my boss. It, uh, I was a little out of control. However, I was billing millions and millions of dollars. So I was an ah. asset there. But my behavior really needed some improvement. Mm-hmm. So my boss said, well, I'm going to fire you or I can send you to Dale Carnegie, which they did. Uh-huh. And it really it, it rescued me. Really? It, it, it has, you know, Dale Carnegie, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, sounds surface, but there's a very deep oh, spirituality to it. And uh, it really showed me that I had the choice of how I was going to impact others, could be negatively or positively, and had new ways of thinking about myself and gave me the communication tools to make myself effective. Uh, and I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Wow, wonderful. Yeah. So uh, it was many years later in between media jobs that I was asking myself, and I was probably in my early 40s at that point, uh, what else can I do with my life other than sell media? It was a lucrative career, but Mm. I didn't find it at that point to be satisfying in my heart. And a friend had reminded me, you know, you wanted to be a Dale Carnegie trainer. So, Uh. oh, 
wouldn't you know when I called them, they were just enrolling a new batch of trainers. Ah, how so about that? So I'm so grateful for that experience. And it was the thing that launched Point Maker Communications, which is my consultancy. And mm. I'm grateful for having had the 13 years of being able to be a Dale Carnegie trainer. It was, it was an ecstatic experience of understanding how to help people, really mm. how to get them to open up to themselves. Mm, so I'm grateful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. It's time for us to take our first commercial break. Um, so let's take a break. And when we come back, uh, let's talk about, you know, what Point Maker Communications is about and sort of how you've woven together the Dale Carnegie stuff into how you're working and coaching people now. Okay. Great. Thank you. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Human. And we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Jackie Kelso, president of Point Maker Communications. So you had been a, a trainer with Dale Carnegie, training for 13 years, and then you decided to strike out on your own, I guess, and, and work with people. Was there anything in particular, a particular incident or something that kind of motivated you to say, like, you know, I want to go off on my own now? Mm. Well... What was happening was that during the time that I was training with Dale, I also was instructed by David Rock, uh, the founder of the Neuroleadership Institute, mm -hmm. on this cutting edge neuroscience applied to leadership. Uh. And, and I realized that I had that crossover opportunity to bridge how we think with how we connect with others in the world. Hmm. and really building on people's ability to have self-awareness and understand the workings of their own brains and of others. Right. So that was what really Point Maker uh, became uh, so that I could combine the two and create my own methodology. Ah, I see. So so kind of like what you're doing now is, is transcends what you learned with Dale Carnegie and, and incorporates, I guess, you know, the new stuff that you learned and, of course, your years of experience. I mean, you know, Absolutely. Uh, people t tend to forget that, like, just being in business and working for 25, 30 years, you learn a lot just from dealing with people and that all gets incorporated into, you know, what we, how we service people and how we help people. Absolutely. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I'm just curious before we leave the topic of the Dale Carnegie training, were there any particular challenges being a Dale Carnegie trainer that like really surprised you or that you didn't expect? <laughs> I love that question because in the early years while I was training with Dale, I hadn't quite transformed from the performer, the salesperson that I had been for some years uh -huh. to the person who was really focused on the, you know, my, my students, the attendees. So I was, I found myself making things about what I wanted them to do uh. and, you know, being fo a force of nature to make it happen and then getting into arguments with them. 
And I was so grateful to have a, a training director who was sympathetic to what I was experiencing and taught me how to get out of the way and be fully present for people. And it's not about me, nor should it ever be about any coach uh, right. or trainer. It's really about the student, the trainee, the, ment- the mentee, the attendee. And, you know, but that's like such a common uh, occurrence these days where, especially for people who are accomplished, right, they think they know everything. They think, you know, they have all the answers, um, but they're not really being present in servicing their clients. Mm-hmm. Was, was I mean, was it a smack in the head or was it a gentle push that was like the wake-up call that got you do? Because, I, I mean, for our listeners who maybe are thinking, hmm, am I kind of like that? Mm. Like, what was the, you know, was it the smack or, or what was like the light bulb moment when that, that, that switch happened? It was like, oh, it's not about me. It's about them. <laughs> It was a smack in the head, which oh, is usually the way it goes with me, yeah. for me to wake up. I think for most people. <laughs> so what, something very particular happened during the training of a, of a course at Dale, where I was trying to get this guy to be really clear and concise in his presentation, because that that, those were his goals. Be really, right. And he was wavering all, and I was really trying to get him to hone in and try it this way and try it that way. And uh, he he blurted out to me uh, something about, if you really want to know uh, how you can help me, you can call me at another time. And he just stepped off the, you know, the front of the room, got left the room. Uh, and I thought, okay, what went wrong here? <laughs> so the next week he came in and I said to him, his name was Eric. And I said to him, Eric, would you like me to coach you during your talk today? Or should I just time you without coaching you? He said, I want you to just time me. I don't want you to coach me. Uh. And I, you know, that was it. And he ended up leaving the course, giving me the highest ranks of what a great trainer I was, really? <laughs> how amazing I was, and what a fabulous experience he had. But that was my wake-up call. Uh, I had to let it go. Yeah. Some people, you know, people will say, yeah, please coach me. Yeah, I want... They're not really ready. And I was also being too aggressive with it. I wasn't really paying attention to him. So from then on, it changed, and I was really more effective and very focused on the servicing aspect, getting myself out of the way. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as a coach uh, or even a consultant or anybody who's kind of in a service business where you're serving people, it's really the greatest skill you can have is getting yourself out of the way and just being there, being present Mm -hmm. for the person who's right in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and so, um, the the brain based stuff. Uh, this is some. I'm sorry. The gentleman's name again. Who? His name is David Rock, and he's David the founder Rock. of the Neuro Leadership Institute. Right, and and so that came about um, through the Dale Carnegie training. No, or that was something separate that you. It found? was a colleague of mine uh, who was associated with David Rock who brought me into the world uh. of it, and uh, it was amazing. It was it opened my mind completely to the. You know, the work I said before, the workings of the brain, but how you use the workings of the brain to your advantage. Right, right. Because, I mean, I hear a lot, and it's kind of a little bit of a buzz phrase in the last few years of brain-based this and brain-based that. So what do you mean when you say brain-based coaching, brain-based training? What does that really mean? It means that not only are you, when you're working with someone, let's say in one-on-one coaching, to help keep their brains quiet. Hmm. Uh, it's teaching people who are in leadership roles to recognize the signs of stress and threat in others and help to calm the brains of those that they are leading. I see. So it's building self-awareness and awareness of others uh, in ways that they can literally rewire their hmm. own brains and those of others if the others are open to you know to that work because it's really hard work for example 
uh, if you if I found you threatening in some way, right. I might act out by arguing with you, right. uh, which I did with that guy back in the class, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, I would fight with you or flight. You know, I would want to exit emotionally or physically or, or or physically withdraw or I would freeze up. My brain would freeze up. And there's yet another form of uh, responsiveness to threat that most people don't know. And it's about appeasing. So uh, I might say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. It's really my fault. I take responsibility. That is the equivalent of a fight response. But it's the person's, you know, way of being wired to respond in an appeasing mm, mode right. rather than fighting. Right. So I first wake people up to how are you responding when you're feeling threatened? Right. Um, and how is that impacting you? What, how, right. what, what problems is that causing you? Right. What I problems understand. are that causing you? So um, I talk about the limbic system and how in the limbic system, there's a part of the brain uh, called the amygdala, mm-hmm. which is our security guard if you will and every 12 seconds it will tell us if we feel safe or not Mm. and if it decides i'm not so safe it's going to shut down the prefrontal cortex which is the thinking part of the brain and that's Mm. right here uh, and activate a whole lot of cortisol which is stress hormone and suddenly you're arguing or your brain is freezing and 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 they've they've done studies like when you're under stress like the cortisol like sprays the brain and like i've seen images of it it looks like all of a sudden your brain turns red almost you know it's like covered with red spray paint isn't that fascinating yeah fascinating yeah. yeah so the goal of the brain based coaching is that you're building you're building up muscles in your prefrontal cortex to manage the limbic system because we can't mm. deconstruct wires that have been built, but because of the elasticity of the brain, we can create new wires to manage the old wires. Ah, right, because like the, the, the amygdala is related to like the reptilian part of our brain, yes. which is like the oldest, oldest part of our brain, right. which is just wired for fight or flight, right. fight or flight or freeze, freeze uh, in or, the other or one. Peas, right. Right, so, right, and that's a part of us and 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 we can't get rid of it so we need to find a way to befriend it but as you said we can um uh learn how to create new patterns behaviors r- responses to things that um is not so extreme and not so purely based on what the amygdala says exactly it's really the think before you speak Right. right. It's, but that's not easy to do when the process is so unconscious to respond in a fight or flight right, response. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, I had a couple of therapists on my show who were brain based. Re- one of them was a brain based researcher and they were working on some app and some book together. And they talked about how in our brains, we have a tendency to act like everything is a life or death situation. And so, like how we respond to our boss, to our coworkers, to our clients, it, 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 it's it's like life or death. So if they agree with us, okay, everything's cool. And if they disagree with us, oh my god, I'm going to die. And and I remember, and I thought it was so powerful. She said, like one of the tools or techniques she did was just to get people to ask the question: Is this a life or death situation? And just by asking the question. And the responses in least in this day and age in, in, in Western society, it's like the answer is almost 100% no, it's not That's a right. life or death. And as soon as you come to that awareness, then whew, things calm down, that cortisol decreases, and now you're able to show up in a different way, in a more present way. Indeed. So, um, so how are you able to, I mean, just briefly before we go to break, like how do you incorporate this idea into sort of coaching people or I guess like like the way you work with people I'm assuming is like one-on-one and probably in groups but how do you incorporate this understanding of the brain and how it works into actually helping people to achieve more of what they want in their lives well the first thing really is to create a safe and supportive environment because again mm-hmm. we want to start off with helping people be in a calm state when they're in the coaching when, mm-hmm. when we're doing coaching so I you know, I first really set out to understand what their goals are for themselves, and we go through those goals, and that they understand that I'm, you know, when I'm working against a specific goal, what I'm actually doing. Right, right. 
uh, and once once we they understand that my coaching is going to be about provoking them to think about themselves in new ways and then it might be challenging mm. it makes it feel safer for them because their expectations have been set ah okay and so they 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 they're kind of expecting things to be a little bit tough so then when it actually shows up they're prepared for it right so that even if the brain gets a little stirred it's they're not freaking out because I'm going in so deeply they weren't uh, uh, you know uh, they weren't able to expect to have such a an intense response. response. Yeah, gotcha. All right, cool. So I'll tell you what. After the break, why don't we like if you have some examples of people you've worked with, the situations they were in, and how like this technique is kind of like different from other techniques. What kind of responses you got, and how that helped the people and supported people and what they were trying to do. Sure. Okay, great. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour is Jackie Kelso, President of Pointmaker Community. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. If you have an interest in marijuana, you want to know about marijuana, law, policy and culture, then feel free to join me, Joseph A. Bondi, every Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning on my show, In the Know 420 on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday from 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're live on the Facebook live stream. Uh, Margaret Marshall, thank you for the the hello. Nice to see you, a former uh, guest on my show. Um, uh, if anybody wishes to, to see the video so you can see our lovely guest today, uh, just go to uh, the Talking Alternative fan page on uh, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Talking Alternative, or you can just uh, find it on my uh, personal timeline. Um, so, Jackie, we were talking about, you know, this whole idea of brain-based coaching, uh, you know, compared to like regular stuff. So I was wondering if maybe you have some examples, maybe, and sometimes it's easier to kind of see the differences with an extreme example. So maybe if you can give us like a really, you know, wild example or like a really surprising one of a client that you worked with and, and how this, you know, kind of helped to make a, a significant difference. Mm, absolutely. Um, I remember working with a woman who was in real estate. Actually, this issue has come up several times, different clients, but mm -hmm. uh, the issue is dealing with an angry customer ah, okay. and feeling disempowered, uh, having brain freeze, feeling mm. enraged, fighting with the customer, all kinds of things. And um, it really, you know, when, by the way, when, when these things happen in a business setting, they're really pushing very old buttons. Mm, so right. feelings of themselves as little children really start right. to stir up. So it re it's a very deep-seated thing. There's a very strong neural network that's attached to 
responding to a circumstance in the present. Right. So the first thing I do is I help my clients in this particular instance build a mantra, mm-hmm. which is that think part. And for example, my favorite mantra for myself is detach and breathe. Uh, so it doesn't mean I'm not committed, but it just means I'm not emotionally drawn into the other person's drama. Gotcha. So gotcha. this person's this person came up with her own her own uh, mantra, which was "I got this." Ah. And the next step that I taught her in managing the anger of this client was: after you say "I got this," you take a deep breath, and then you're going to do what we call labeling. Mm-hmm. You're labeling to the other person her emotional state without using emotionally laden words. For example, okay. so you have a, a client who's enraged. What? This apartment is has a leak here? You didn't tell me about, you know, whatever the cli- client's going on about. Mm-hmm. You say, gee, I really see how frustrating the situation is for you. Mm. And I would feel this way if it was me. So you're not saying, I see how upset you are, I see how angry you are, because that will only stimulate more cortisol in the other person. Ah. But you're acknowledging and validating and labeling, and that technique worked beautifully and it does work beautifully for my clients who have those circumstances Ah, i see yeah so it's kind of like reflecting back but without using emotionally charged words so that the person feels like oh you get me exactly and that calms their brains down which is the goal and keeps your own brain calm and that actually brings up an important point which is even the words we use can trigger the amygdala and the cortisol reaction and not and and many years ago i had a wonderful wonderful interview with an author by the name of judith glazer who wrote a book sure uh, uh, conversational intelligence intelligence. yes and and like she was also very much into the brain research and just how words even trigger the brain in different ways so that that's wonderful that's wonderful so um uh as there in 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 working with your clients using this technique has there been like big surprises of like like you know giving someone the technique and then it like uh, creating like a an even better situation than you imagined in working with them Yes, recently I have a client um, who's more of a, a passive type. Okay. So she withers ah. uh, under pressure and she starts to cry. Ah, okay. And so her one of her goals is how do I get heard? How do I keep myself calm? How right. do I change the perception of myself to see, show that I'm a leader and, and I'm strong? Mm-hmm. And um, so we came up with a mantra mm-hmm. for her, which was... I speak up. Ah. That was, and, and by the way, people have to come up with their own mantras. I speak up. Ah. So she used the words. You Ooh, know, we quiet. just got lots of hearts on the Facebook live stream oh, on that yay. one. Thank you. Um, when when she says that to herself, she then feels you know her brain calms down and she can speak. Uh-huh. And in this particular case where she had to defend herself in a room full of her colleagues, she spoke up with facts mm-hmm. about what she did to handle the situation and how it was effective rather than what she would have done, which was to sit back, take it and start to cry. Mm. And so she wrote, she actually texted me that she's so grateful for this mantra and it's been helping her ongoingly. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. So, so it, it, it's almost, uh, uh, I mean, although it's, again, I know it's not like we're reprogramming the brain, but it is in a way kind of almost reprogramming ourselves to respond in a different way. Yes. And And to trust that we can do that. It's possible, but it takes a lot of conscientiousness Mm -hmm. and it takes real work. It doesn't happen overnight. So a lot of practice to actually create new wires. Right, right, right. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm I'm curious, when people come to you for this kind of specific kind of coaching, are there like particular types of situations that most clients come to you with more than other types that this tends to be very effective with? Uh, Yes. 
most people come to me because they're either uh, not knowing how to get themselves out of a conflicting situation, they're uh, too aggressive, okay. or they're too passive. Okay, so two of the extremes. The extremes, exactly. Uh, and one of the other things people come to me for a lot is a, on my on their presentation skills in public speaking, because okay. that is a huge brain, brain freeze, freeze mechanism. Oh, yeah. That oh, is yeah. all about brain freeze. And in fact... I have a, a really interesting story. When I first started training on presentation skills, I was coaching my client that you know, you'll be okay, don't be afraid, you'll be able to be... I did, this was before I knew brain-based coaching. Okay. That was okay. the worst thing I could have said to him yeah. because that only made him more fearful. Right. Well, I realized in coaching people on presentation skills that you have them focus on what is my face doing? Where are my hands? Oh, what is my stance? Okay. How are my gestures? You're, and it's not about you. It's about the audience. So engaging with them, smi- looking at people in their eyes, smiling at them. So you're getting out of your own head and focusing on the, the actual congruence of your delivery and on how that is impacting your audience. Ah, ah, so kind of focus on what you're physically doing so that it distracts you from what your brain is thinking. Exactly. Ah, exactly. I love it. So even though it's brain-based uh, coaching, it's it gets the whole body involved. It, it is the whole, it is. You're absolutely right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because it's important because sometimes we have a tendency to like over-glorify the brain and we think everything is the brain, but the body has a ton of information and a ton of useful stuff in it, doesn't it? It does. In fact, 90% of the most important parts of communication are nonverbal. Right. So the body has everything to do with the way we're communicating and people reading our, our signals, which are unconscious. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, have you noticed like over time that the work has sort of shifted for you in terms of how you work with people? Like as things... Um, you know, kind of change with either the, the type of clients coming through or just how you're working with people? What I, what I love seeing is people being more open to the concepts of transformation and mindfulness mm. uh, versus being an effective leader, ah. you know, driving sales, right. that there's much more acceptance of, I need to figure this out. How, how am I being in the world who am I? What? Oh, and interesting. I so kind of less bottom line-ish and sort of more more sort of personal internal development-ish. It, it's both. It's oh. that the bottom line always has to count, but the route to that is much deeper right. and has longer lasting results than just, oh, now I know how to get to the bottom line. But who am I being that's motivating my team right. to achieve these results? So I think that that's a big shift. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm curious, you know, nowadays um, in the current environment, uh, given the certain personalities that are in the media quite often, um, you know, bullying is becoming a little bit more prevalent. Yeah. Um, do you have advice for people like how to deal with bullies in the workplace? I'm so glad you asked that. And if it's, <laughs> if it's okay, if I plug this, I have a couple of YouTube videos oh, on the absolutely, topic. Absolutely. How to deal with a bullying boss. Uh, bullying is a very serious thing and can range from uh, severe harassment that can cause people uh, a lot of emotional damage to just having sort of pain in the butt, bosses who are emotionally out of control or really in the dark about themselves. So there's a wide range there. But the concept of bullying is that it's persistent mm. and that and that it's lingering so you have a, an ongoing feeling of fear or anger mm. rather than, oh, he just made me angry because he just did that. It's an right. ongoing form of abuse. Right, right. So, uh, so um, what can I answer about specifically about bullying that will be helpful to your audience? So, like, let's say somebody, you know, they're in their office and they have a boss who's like constantly, I don't know, berating them or telling them they're doing a lousy job, even though they feel they they are doing a decent job. Like, how can somebody respond to that or, or show mm-hmm. up in that situation in a way to sort of diffuse it and and to make them feel not like they're worthless and to 
kind of let their boss know, hey, like, you know, back off. This is where the brain-based stuff comes in, mm. and this takes a lot of work, but uh, it's doable. Here okay. it is. Here it is, everybody. All right. When your boss does that, that is telling you that your boss is himself or herself feeling quite the victim uh, and quite out of control. Okay. It's not about you. So to step out of yourself in that moment and say to the boss, use labeling, the technique of labeling, hmm. I, I understand that this is not what you would do or how you would do it. Can you please explain further so that I understand what you need of me? Hmm. You're not going down there with your boss. Hmm. You're recognizing he's under threat and he's responding out of cortisol flood. Right, right. And then you're really leading your own manager Right. And staying detached from it. Okay. That's when you know you've really done the work on yourself. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Lots of thumbs ups and hearts from uh, Dennis Prophet. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, okay, great. So um, believe it or not, it's time to take our okay. last commercial break of the show. Time really flies when you're having fun. So um, when we come back, um, let's talk about maybe how this plays into some intergenerational stuff. Sure. And uh, we'll let you know how to find those YouTube videos and how to find out more about Jackie. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, we're talking this hour with Jackie Kelso, president of Point Maker Communications, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to SecretsOfTheSire.com. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with brain-based coach Jackie Kelsell. Um, so, Jackie, I wanted to kind of close out with just a couple of topics. Uh, one that I find uh, I hear a lot in in business circles these days is um, the the intergenerational issues. You know, the fact that like boomers and Gen Xers and millennials. Um, how can we use sort of this brain based approach to help us when we're dealing with whether it's in our businesses or in our jobs, um, working with people of different generations where sometimes the language is kind of different. Different things mean different things to people at different stages of life. Uh, you're exactly right. And what I've discovered in my research, because I've done seminars on managing millennials and mm -hmm. uh, big questions about keeping them long term, et cetera, is, and I'm a baby boomer, so mm -hmm. I'm two generations, right, from a millennial. But here's the deal. Millennials' heroes are themselves millennials. Ah. So you have the billionaires, uh, you know, and we all know who they are, who have... Um, been at the forefront of our millennials lives so they have a much deeper entrepreneurial spirit yeah than uh, my generation or right. maybe late gen xers or yeah uh so they're coming into the workforce ready to create ready to mm. design ready to uh, be part of something big and 
uh, I don't want to place blame on parenting or schools or anything like that. It's just a cultural difference. Right. And the problem that we face in managing them is not understanding that they're already coming fueled with this these ideas and they want a voice. They mm-hmm. want access to higher ups. They want to know that they're included. Right. Now, yes. They want a, to be treated as equals. They want to be treated as equals. And where management has to bend is understanding that, yes, they may be lacking life wisdom, Mm -hmm. literally the amount of time it takes to understand how things work, you know, or how corporate life works. But there's a tremendous amount of uh, smarts that can be utilized from the millennials and I think they need the opportunity to express that. So for example, one one thing that I've done to help a client who, who has a particularly challenging millennial is to say, give this person his or her passion project. Hmm. What, you know, because millennials are very conscientious about the world and really love volunteerism. So what, what can you give this person that also fits within the function of the company and the goals of the company doesn't take time away from the job, but gives this person a sense of ownership of something and it, and where he or she can be entrepreneurial in essence hmm. while participating as part of a team. So you really have to think about cultivating your millennial um, based on the millennial's culture and, and understanding of himself or herself in the world. It's really opening yourself up and that goes back to the feeling of threat and when we don't align with the way people think or how right. what they believe, right. that we're creating all of these walls, but they don't have to really exist if we just allow ourselves to open up and learn from the differences. Right, right, right. So it's it's you know being more open, more flexible, um, and and giving the millennials something that they'll really enjoy doing because if they enjoy it and they're passionate about it, they're going to give it their all. I mean, millennials are kind of, you know, you give them something they believe in and they will work practically 24 hours a day to accomplish it, won't they? They will. They'll be online. They'll be texting. They'll be doing everything. I think the big problem with uh, managing millennials is that Matt, that expectations have not been set for them. They don't Uh, understand, well, this is how fast you move up in this company, or this is what we need to see in order for you to succeed. hmm. Managers are not communicating the expectations they have, and they're not holding their people accountable for delivering on those expectations. Uh, So millennials are flying and leaving to other companies where they think there's going to be a better gig. Right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. So really communication, communication, communication. Big time, yep. Uh, The other thing I wanted to talk about is that I see a lot now in business is talking more about inclusion, diversity, and women in the workplace. And that, that, you know, I just saw some article the other day someone posted about how there is like a huge number of white males that are not working now and that the biggest increase in the workforce is coming from women. Wow. And and so as a woman, like dealing in a lot of tradition, especially like technology and stuff, there's a lot of still very male dominated industries out there. How as a woman can a woman show up in a way that's more effective for them to be able to make change, to be able to accomplish things and and still be a woman? That's a kind of a loaded question and I love it. Because I don't have an instantaneous answer. What I can say is that, and I I wrote an article on this, stop worrying about uh, the the woman card. Mm. It's not about playing a woman card. Uh, It's about being the best you you can be. It's still being open. It's being gracious. Those characters of, uh, those qualities of characters that are important. Humble. Uh, being real Mm. and whenever you feel you're being disingenuous or that you're diminishing yourself or allowing others to diminish you that's where you need the work to stop that so to me it's not 
it's not the lines are drawn about being a woman versus being a man. I don't care if the lines are blurred on that. It's just being the best you. Right, right. So it's really showing up and being fully present, fully authentic. That's it. And fully there so that regardless of what the individual situation is, regardless of what's happening around you, you know, you're being as real as you can be so people see that. That's right. And also being cognizant of things like, you know, there's a scientific phrase called resting bitch face. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's a scientific. And, uh, and it looks kind of like this for Facebook Live and for you. It's like, mm-hmm. you could just be thinking. You could be thinking about, I need a new pair of shoes. It doesn't right. mean you're thinking anything <laughs> negative. But people, because we have what we call mirror neurons in our brains, uh. which take, which sympathize with the emotions of the other person. So if you're looking like this, the other person is going to be looking like this because of those mirror neurons and then not having a good impression of you because you're making him feel bad about yourself. Uh, But that's that's his doing because he's taking on your emotions. uh, So in terms of how women are, are classified so frequently as bitches if they're bossy or assertive, watch the facial expression. Be aware. What is my face doing? You know, think about cheeks up and ears, cheeks up and ears. That brings a little smile to the face. And and because people will be ready to catch you on resting bitch face and then think, you know, she's a bitch. Well, so cognizance is important. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for coming on the show today. It's really been a pleasure having you. you. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, uh, your website, how do, how do people get in touch with you? Thank you. Uh, I'm, my website is pointmakercommunications.com mm-hmm. and my email is Jackie at pointmakercommunications.com. I'm literally all over the web, right, YouTube, wonderful. blog, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. I'm there. You awesome. See me. Awesome. Good social media. And, and those videos you mentioned before on the YouTube, people can just go to your YouTube channel and yeah, find them Yeah, I have a YouTube, Jackie Kelso YouTube, yeah, YouTube channel, Jackie Kelso. So, all right. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Any any events coming up? Anything in particular you'd like to mention to our audience? Uh, I'm working on an event with uh, a colleague right now, but I can't. I can't Not ready acknowledge yet, so. okay. it yet, no but you'll know about it soon. Yeah, yeah. So just definitely follow her, catch her on social media, keep up with what Jackie's doing. Wonderful stuff. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you, really Sam. appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. So uh, just to to f- f- finish up the show, a couple of announcements. Uh, I've finally posted our. Uh, uh, Conscious Business Collective event. It's actually uh, next week, uh, next Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. I've posted it to Eventbrite and to our meetup group. For those who have not yet joined our meetup group, it's meetup.com slash conscious dash biz dash collective. Uh, thank you for all the love and the thumbs up and the hearts on the Facebook live stream. It's wonderful to see. Thank you so much. Um And uh, I also wanted to say, like, hey, if you want to know about things going on and who our guests are coming up, please go to um, the talkradio.nyc website. Sign up for our newsletter. We put these events. There's some, you know, a couple of events coming up really good. There's a good friend of mine, Jane Tabachnik, who's been on the show, who's doing a a writer's workshop on a weekend. We put that in the newsletter. The Conscious Business Collective is in the newsletter. You know, find out about, you know, what guests are coming up on the various shows. So please uh, go up and, and sign up for the newsletter. And next week, I have a wonderful, wonderful guest, uh, getting back to my roots, a uh, uh, healer by the name of Hope Fitzgerald, who's uh, coming into town talking about her uh, uh, her kind of experience and, and what brought her to, to this uh, wonderful work she's doing now with something called the Infinity Wave. So uh, we're going to get a little woo-woo next week, but don't worry, we'll keep it real. And uh, something I think you guys will really, uh, and gals will really appreciate. So please tune in next week, 12 noon Eastern time on Thursdays, the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. We will talk to you next week.
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Hey, all you crazy listeners, looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on talkingalternative.com. I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Hi, this is Rob Kay. And I'm Callie Alpert. And we're hosts of The Rob and Callie Show. Are you looking for a show that talks about real stuff like life, love, the pursuit of being yourself? Then you have come to the right place because we cover topics ranging from chivalry to gratitude to your relationship with money and everything in between. So listen to us on The Rob and Callie Show, Tuesdays, 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on talkradio.myc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 